I was going to say. Good after or good evening. This is the Fourth and Long Podcast, Episode Ten, brought to you by uh, Back Back Sport Back 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 Page Sports or Back Sports Page, and uh, this is Episode Ten. Um, how you doing, Jake? Good. How are you, Justin? I'm good. I'm good. Um, well, we have obviously have a lot to talk about with everything that happened today and over the weekend. So, if you're cool with it, I'm just going to jump right in. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Um, uh, today in sports history, uh, in 1945, college football's number one Army beats number two Notre Dame, 48 to nothing. And uh, in 1957, there was a record crowd of 102,368 to see the 49ers uh, take on the Rams in LA. So that's some interesting stuff. And now we have to get into. Uh, the real stuff, um, news and notes for this week. Uh, basically, you kind of uh, texted me last night, I think, and it kind of all came to fruition today. But I mean, I'll read what I had written down. Um, Mississippi State versus Auburn is postponed because of Mississippi State's positive tests. Alabama versus LSU was in jeopardy, and now it is postponed because of LSU's positive tests. And Texas A&M just shut down their entire all football activities. So their game this weekend versus Tennessee is also postponed. Uh, I don't think any of those teams have already used their December 12th date for the makeup game, but I'm not positive on that. Um, but yeah, it's really, uh, I feel like we're going to get, once it starts to get colder, I feel like uh, the virus is going to take a turn for worse. And I, I just, I mean, what do you got on it? Um, I mean, it's definitely a tough, a tough break for college football this week. It kind of leaves a lackluster uh, lineup of games, but I mean, they're still competitive games, but you're right. <clears throat> As it gets colder, this is going to get a little bit worse. Yeah. Um, also, oh, go ahead. I'll let no, you go. You're good. you're good. I already talked for two minutes. Um, I was also going to say, I forgot to um, also mention um, the head coach for, I believe, Arkansas is also out with a COVID test or, yes, um, Sam Pittman, yeah. Yeah. So, so I was just going to say that's the another news. It's just really <clears throat> tough to, you know, I mean, it is a, something that's gripping the nation right now, and it's tough that it's pushing back something that we love. But, again, safety comes first. Yeah, I'm almost I, – I almost just kind of want the regular season to end and to get into conference championships because then I feel like they can move conference championships around a little bit. Bless you. And, and they can also move bowls around if they need to, even though I don't think a lot of the players who aren't in one of the semifinals are going to play in the bowls. I said that last weekend, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I know it's been really nice up here. It's been like fifties, sixties, but I know it's supposed to go down below freezing and we're going to see snow at some point. So I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen snow, so yeah, I'm, actually, I'm, you, yeah, you're from the from Boston. Yeah, 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 you're the worst. I hate Boston. <laughs> But um, it's a lovely time. It's a lovely place in the spring. So it's gross. Um, <laughs> uh, some other notes I had. Um, I just saw that um, former uh, four-star recruit. I believe his name is Isaiah. Um, uh, let me get to it. Uh, Isaiah something. He was a four-star recruit who was committed to Florida State, and now uh, he is committed to Jackson State under Deion Sanders. So. We called that perfectly. Basically, he was mm-hmm. just going to get recruits. So, um, and then, uh, I mean, we'll talk more about this kind of during the game. But Notre Dame mandates COVID testing after the fans rush the field. I don't want to get completely in it right now, but I mean, you just can't have kids doing that right now. No. Um, Trevor Lawrence no. is ready to return to practice, and he's still undecided on his future. I, I would have a hard time seeing, even if the Jets get the pick. I would have a hard time seeing him turning down that money, but I know he's like a really religious guy, but yeah, I mean, New York's not the place you want to be 
and it's looking like know. it's it's looking like it's either the Giants or the Jets for the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So, and the Giants I mean, I won. Very, I was very conflicted last night in that Patriots Jets game. I'm like, okay, if the Patriots lose, they're one step closer to getting Trevor Lawrence. If they win, we're still in the playoff hopes. Yeah, so. no, Bill, Bill Belichick will just draft a quarterback in like the second round. Hey, my boy Zach Wilson. You never know. I, I got a feeling uh, Belichick doesn't really like you just heaving the ball 50 yards down the field. <laughs> Especially, they, they did like it when Randy Moss played for, uh, yeah. that year that Randy Moss played 2007. for. 2007. That wasn't even fair. That wasn't it even wasn't. Fair. It really wasn't. Because Randy um, Moss was still good. Um, but I mean, I think the biggest news to come out of Saturday um, was definitely Florida's loss of <clears throat> Kyle Pitts. I mean, that brutal hit by Lewis Sign was just, they both of them didn't know where they were on the field after that hit. And it, you could, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more, but Florida just didn't look the same after, after Pitts went down. Yeah. He's just questionable for this game though, but um, with a concussion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I could see them maybe say, I mean, I don't know. Arkansas is kind of good this year. I mean, they Sam Pittman has done a good job, and they've been in a lot of games. So, I, I but I mean, you don't mess around with concussions and things like that. And then uh, some other news is, guys, we might get to see Wisconsin play again this weekend after being <laughs> off. Don't jinx it. And, and I say, yeah, and I say, we, we definitely might see them play because I could absolutely see us getting on the podcast on Friday night and being like, "Yep, Wisconsin's canceled," but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're supposed to play on Saturday, and they expect to. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and then, like like you already said, the other news note I have was uh, Kyle Pitts is questionable for with, with a concussion. Um, so it, it it just seems like I mean it's more of not a conversation to be had on this podcast, but it just seems like the virus is going to get worse and. They should, I mean, college, speaking of just college basketball, I mean, they should really just buy a house and have their players stay in it, take a limo or a bus to their practice, mm-hmm. and they can not be around no one else. But I just don't know what to do about it right now. So I'm not, I'm not an expert, and I'm not going to try to do something about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it just sucks. It's, uh, mm-hmm. when, when, it really when, football, does. when college football first started, I knew we'd have some issues. <laughs> but I never thought that it would be all the way here in week 10, week 11. So, um, and with that, before we get into two quick segments, I just want to update the AP poll. Um, Alabama jumps number one. Um, uh, Notre Dame jumped over Ohio State to number two. Iowa State's three and Clemson's four. Texas A&M was five, and I kind of had them as like a sneaky pick to get in if things happen. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to cancel games and stuff, um, and I have Florida six, uh, they have Florida six, uh, seven Cincinnati, eight BYU, nine Miami, Florida, and 10 Indiana. Uh, your boys at Oregon are 11. I mean, the biggest mm-hmm. movers were obviously Georgia after they fell to Florida. They dropped seven spots, and Indiana climbed three spots after their win over um, Michigan. So, because mm-hmm. we've been trying to do this basically for two weeks now we're going to get into one minute debate who's more important the fat offensive lineman or the young sexy skilled <laughs> skill players so you call it in the air all right yep heads heads it is heads so you can go first or second right, I'm, I'm gonna go first and i'm gonna choose my boys at the offensive line um, I'll keep this short and sweet. I mean, without the offensive line, you don't give the quarterback enough time to get downfield. You know, you, a time in the pocket for the receivers to get downfield. The receivers can't, you know, your running back can't do what he does best without an offensive line. Um, unless you're Barry Sanders. <clears throat> um, that man just ran over everyone. But again, offensive line is the most important. Offensive line is the most important. They block for you. They give you time and space to be able to do what skill position players do best, and that's create fantastic plays for us viewers. Your head. Um, I mean, you already lost this because uh, you you didn't mention the defensive line at all. Like, I would have fallen for it. I mean, with skill players nowadays in college football, everyone's running the hurry up. Um, I mean, yes, you do need offensive line, but uh, it's not like uh, high school kids are going out to play scrimmages against each other. They play seven on seven because the quarterback's going to throw in the ball. 
And then, so, I mean, and basically everything now is based off of like their spark score or whatever it is. And, uh, I do, I do think linemen are important. I just think that like, uh, having a good corner on defense, like a great corner, like, uh, like, uh, who's one I like Tredavious white for the bills. I'd rather have Tredavious white for the bills than miles Garrett, just because really? you, you get, Shut down one corner. Maybe not Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's a freak, but I would rather have a really good corner over a really good uh, defensive end. So we kind of got into that. Uh, you <laughs> failed miserably by not even. I mean, because you could have gotten into the defensive line. You could have yeah. mentioned guys like Clowney and those other guys. But everyone, go mm-hmm. and vote who won the uh, debate. Uh, we just mm-hmm. been waiting to have that one. I'm I'm, I'm going to throw a, a weird one at you guys next week. I don't know. I'll think of something. Um, and then, uh, this week I have, or today I have two week, two truths and two lies. Uh, guess who it's about. Uh, do I want it? Don't tell me Justin Fields again. No, why would I, why would I pick the <laughs> same guy? I don't know. It, it seems like, a, well, who is it? Who is it? Zach Wilson. Okay. All right. So here's the four choices. He won Utah's Mr. Football in 2017. He was also heavily recruited by Boise State, has three sisters and two brothers, and in high school at Corner Canyon High School, he also played basketball. Okay, can you repeat the first two again? Uh, He won Utah's Mr. Football in 2017. That was his senior year. And uh, the second one was he was also heavily recruited by Boise State. Okay, so I'm going to say the brother and sister one's true, and also the Mr. Utah is true. So that's your final answer? Yes. Okay, you're wrong on both. Um, he was runner-up for Mr. Football in 2017. I looked at his yards. I don't know who in Utah was better than him in high school there, but he was runner-up, and he has – three brothers and two sisters. And the other one that was um, true was uh, he was heavily recruited by Boise state. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a good one. Um, I don't know. It it really shockingly was pretty hard to find some weird facts about Zach Wilson. I mean, he goes to BYU, so you never Mm -hmm. know. But um, so I updated the AP poll and now we're going to, you know, head into um, our games that we covered this weekend. Um, I'm going to start out. Um, and then we'll go back and forth, you know, like snake, you know, mm-hmm. um, yep. uh, so my first game I covered and I mean, we basically both covered the games. It's just whoever did the write up, right. um, uh, Michigan <laughs> at Indiana. Um, I have a couple things just to say, um, on that one, Indiana plus three and a half, three and a half was good. I got that one. Um, one of the most astonishing stats I've seen for Michigan they had 13 yards rushing total and they're supposed to have this stable of four headed monster at running back with Charbonnet, Corum, Evans, and I don't know the other guy's name, but um, they were also horrible on third down going three for 11. Uh, Joe Milton wasn't terrible, but it's very clear that forcing him to throw the ball 34 times is not how Michigan's going to have success. It's just not. Um, he was 18 for 34, um, for 344 yards and three touchdowns, but he also threw two picks. Um, Michigan was also penalized eight times for 89 yards, and they lost a turnover battle, and they uh, turned the ball over twice. And so because we're trying to quicken these up a little bit, I guess I have one last thing to say. Um, like – Jim Harbaugh is clearly on the hot seat. Um, that's obvious. Honestly. But the question I guess I would pose to you is, can Michigan get a better coach than Jim Harbaugh? And also, I mean, I know when Harbaugh first came to Michigan, um, they were like, oh, he could jump back into the NFL at any time. I don't know if that's true anymore. I, so, I don't think it's true. I think um, I think you got a great point. I don't think Michigan can get a lot better at a coach, I mean, there's a, I mean, we always seem to see uh, an Alabama assistant go somewhere. So that's always a possibility, but right yeah, but now, they never really go Northern that much. But I mean, again, if they're will, if Michigan's really sick and tired of Harbaugh at this point, then they'll pay with <laughs> whatever that guy wants to, to, to get rid of Harbaugh. Yeah, but like, seriously, I feel like Michigan fans like still love Harbaugh. 
It's so weird. No, I, I feel like they do too. He's definitely like a player's coach and everything. It's just the school doesn't like the record he's gotten for them. Um, but kind of moving on, we'll go to my matchup that I had. Uh, number great, 12. Great job. Number 12, Georgia versus number six, Florida. Again, I called this uh, Florida was plus three and a half, which I hit on. Um, but I was off by two points. Off yeah, I know. 44 to 28. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was either yeah. going to be off by a point or off by by two because of that late late game field goal. But in, in 20 years from now, we'll all remember my correct prediction score, and they will not remember your wrong <laughs> <laughs> prediction no yeah. go ahead though um no i mean this was just a really impressive game for florida again it, i called it it's going to be like the alabama um <clears throat> georgia matchup uh georgia had their number in the first half and florida just came out in the second half and absolutely dominated um the biggest note for me was how much they struggled in the second half without kyle pitts it was clearly evident that they weren't able to move the ball as effectively because Georgia knew, okay, they don't really have any other right receivers other than Pitt, so we'll put our best corner on what left with their best receiver, and then we'll just stack the box. And it was effect- it was effective in slowing them down. I mean, Florida still was able to move the ball with Kyle Pitts, uh, Kyle Trask at quarterback. But this is just a crazy, very talented, very well-rounded Florida team that's just going to steamroll through the rest of their schedule. I mean, that was their toughest game going forward. And now yeah. they're just going to – even without Kyle Pitts, I still see them steamrolling the rest of the competition and possibly making it into a top four, um, you know, top six conversation for when playoffs come around. Yeah, I mean, we both kind of hit on it on Friday when we said Kyle Pitts versus Georgia is going to be the big matchup because they're going to be able to move him around and get him lined up. I mean, we both kind of said that. Um, but, I mean, just the biggest question I have, is JT Daniels just dead? Like, what is going on in Georgia? You, you know, that- that's, what, that's what I was going to touch on next is whatever's going on. I mean, I don't know if you saw the quote from Georgia's coach about uh, the quarterback situation because it was brought up. Someone said, basically, where why isn't JT Daniels getting a chance to play? And they say he's not ready yet. So I don't know what's going on, but – I mean, you saw you saw them go between um, once Stenson Bennett got hurt. They went to their backup, and he was just a deer in the headlights. He yeah, didn't. He couldn't make a, yeah, he couldn't make a throw to save his life. He just he had time in the pocket too, and just was missing wide open throws. Um, I'm reading just, an article right now that's just basically like, yeah, kind of like you said, they're just saying that he's not ready. Like, I, I he's got to be more ready than Dwan Mathis. Dude, I mean, Stenson, we've talked about it. Stenson Bennis, uh, sorry about that. I got a neck cramp for some reason. Um, Stenson, Bennett, Stenson Bennett is just, it's just such a disappointment for that team. I feel like if that Georgia team had an actual quarterback that could command that offense, this team would be unstoppable this year. And it would be yeah. like the Georgia teams that we've seen in the past. With the, the biggest thing killing Georgia football right now is their quarterback situation. The fact that they don't want to give a freshman, a very talented freshman at that, and JT Daniels is crazy. Yeah, I just – I'm sure it'll come out like the end of the season, something like that. Like, I mean, at one point you might say he's not ready, but at one point you keep watching Dewan Mathis just get crushed and you can't take it anymore. But I can't. Yeah, I, 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 that's one of the questions at the end of the football season. I hope we get an answer to, but I kind of feel like we won't because it's all. Uh, I think I think we see him into the transfer portal again. I really do. If this is if this is the treatment he's getting, unless there's something really wrong that they're not letting get out, I think he enters the transfer portal again. Yeah, he's got to sit though if he answers the transfer portal. True, he'll, but he'll be I like think, a he'll be like a twenty one year old freshman. But no, I agree. I I if I was JT, I mean, Daniels, if you're not getting your chance. What's the what's the point in staying there? Yeah, I agree. And if means, you're not, if they're struggling this much and everyone's calling, I mean, the media is now starting to call for it too. Why not? Why not let me play? Yeah, I I, I don't know, but uh, I mean, going from one bad quarterback to an excellent quarterback. Um, I had the Rutgers at Ohio State game. Um, it was one of the picks I missed. Ohio State was favored by 38 and a half. They did not cover. 
Um, I will say Rutgers scored all their points in garbage time, but really still the five stars that are backups for Iowa State still should be beating everyone on Rutgers. But on that game, Justin Fields was uh, once again pretty almost perfect, throwing 24 for 28 with 314 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, and you just watch him, and it's so easy for him. I mean, granted, Rutgers is terrible, but it's just so easy. the other, th- a couple other things I had, uh, Trey Sermon and Master Teague, um, kind of Trey Sermon's kind of like the lightning and Master Teague's the thunder. Well, they combined for 128 yards rushing and one touchdown that needs to get better. Uh, Ohio state, even in, when they won a national championship, they had, uh, great receivers, but they had Ezekiel Elliott. And last year they had JK Dobbins, who if JK Dobbins doesn't go down in the semifinal with a hurt ankle last year versus Clemson, I think they win. But, um, yeah, it's just, it stinks. But, um, I mean, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are killers on the outside. They had combined for 11 receptions for 168 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the defensive side of the ball. Um, they had only one sack. Um, and I don't know if Indiana's really for real, but I mean, they're definitely going to come in with all their, they can to try and, uh, beat Ohio state in the horseshoe. Um, uh, they did have five tackles for lost and, uh, Ohio state. I mean, that's the kind of the real score. They were up 35 to three at half. So, I mean, yeah, Ohio state's defense needs to, I mean, I will say this. I think, uh, before I, I pass off to the next one, I think JT or not JT got me stuck on JT. Daniel. <laughs> I think Justin Fields is by far the best quarterback in college football right now. Yeah, um, well, it I might be. It might be just how easy the plays are for him. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's played as many good teams as Trevor Lawrence has, and I mean, he's got what eleven touchdowns on the year, and he's, uh, yeah, he. Uh, I mean, last week he had, um, through the first two weeks, he had eleven incompletions, which was um, the same amount of touchdowns he threw. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, just saying that JC Daniels is making it look effortless. Um, we'll kind of go into my next game. Stanford. JT Daniels? And, you mean Justin Fields? Justin Fields. God, we we're just it. stuck on JC Daniels right now. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, Stanford at number 11, Oregon. Um, Oregon was minus 11. I took them for this and they hit. But I just, what, the biggest factor going into this game was, as I said, Davis Mills needed to be able to dominate that field. And then they ended up, him and two other players ended up not playing. Um, they they were called like a couple, either the night before or a couple hours before game time, they were just pulled um, with COVID, uh, COVID fears. And so that really hurt um, Stanford's chances in this game. I mean, they could – it's crazy to me how bad Stanford's offense was. I mean, they scored a touchdown in the first quarter and in garbage time in the fourth. But they had they had almost two 100-yard rushers in that game. Austin Jones went 20 carries for exactly 100 yards and two touchdowns. And Nathaniel Pete, who is a stud, went six carries for 93 yards. It was just it was just insane how poorly they could actually complete drives. They kept shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. I mean, Oregon, on the other hand, was just dominant. They had three rushers go over 75 yards. Uh, C.J. Verdell went 20 carries for 105 and a touchdown. Tyler Show, uh, the quarterback, went 11 rushes for 85 yards and a tu- and a rushing touchdown. I didn't see and that. Travis Dye went six for six carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they had four run- other than the quarterback. They had three other running backs score a touchdown that game. Um, on top of DJ Johnson, um, not Johnny Johnson, but DJ Johnson scoring the only solo uh, wide receiver touchdown. Tyler Show struggled a little bit here. He did throw one pick, but he was very, not very inaccurate. He only had nine incompletions, but he his decision making really struggled against the Stanford secondary that's very diminished right now. So I think that's the biggest concern for Oregon. But if you, I mean. The, from the rushing yards that I gave off, if they keep, if they can successfully keep running the ball, 
then I don't see a problem with that team. I mean, again, it is week one. It's their first game. So I expect there to be better going forward with the car, with Tyler uh, show at quarterback and his decision-making, but this running game is going to be legit this year. I mean, that offensive line, even though they're missing Panay Sewell and a couple others is still really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All I had was it for this game is Oregon did rush for uh, 269 yards. Um, they were nine of eleven on third down, which is really good. And I can imagine Show having a little. I, mean, I feel like picking up Oregon's offense is pretty difficult. Yeah. But um, uh, with that, uh, Oregon also lost the turnover battle two to nothing, but they won the game. And with that, we will all now head to the other Pac-12 matchup. Um, I covered. It was a brutal and agonizing defeat for me, but because it was one of my locks for Arizona State to win outright. Um, it was so close, and uh, USC scored two touchdowns in the game's final minute and 32 seconds. Yeah, that's just the... – They got the onside kick. You. I, I watched that game, and I'm just like, Justin's just sitting here right now just going. I was so mad. <laughs> um, Keaton Slovis, I mean, he threw the ball 55 times, completed 40 of them, and he threw for 381 yards – um, two touchdowns and one pick. I mean, he's a returning starter, so I mean, it's not very surprising. It's just, it just is kind of surprising that he threw the ball that many times. Uh, their run game is pretty non-existent. Um, Jaden Daniels, the true sophomore quarterback from Arizona State, was only 11, 20, 11 to 23 for the air for 134 yards and a touchdown, but he did rush the ball 11 times for 111 yards. Um, basically, when it comes down to it, Arizona State should have won this game. Um, playing too soft of a coverage when you're up late and it just uh, it doesn't work like that, especially in college. Um, and more, I mean, or Arizona State just should have won the game. USC was seven of nineteen on third downs. They were good on fourth downs, five of eight. Um, and USC lost a turnover battle. So I don't know how Arizona State lost. <laughs> Numbers point to them winning, but yeah, you know, I watched that last. I watched that anti kick get recovered by them. I was like, it's over. It's over. So, <laughs> um, but I guess I it, it, one of my picks, not my locks, one of my picks was Arizona State plus 10 and a half. So I got that pick right. Got the lock wrong. So, um, if you want to <laughs> take on your boys down in, uh, I don't even know, yeah. it's Myr Myrtle Beach. It is in yeah. Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, South Alabama at um, number 15, Coastal Carolina. And as I said, going into this game, Coastal Carolina being ranked that high is just crazy. I mean, they are really good. Um, they were projected to um, minus 15 and a half, which they hit on. Just uh, It was really close for that one, though. <laughs> I, 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 I started so, sweating. For whatever reason, on the board, either you said it or somehow it came up. But on, the on our board over here, uh, I, I had it put down as minus 18. I was like, no, I know we got it 15 yeah. and a half. Yeah, so um, I mean, I they – this, I mean, South Alabama is just historically bad. They couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, Desmond Trotter had 10 carries for minus 21 yards. Seriously? I Seriously. Their quarterback. Is that their quarterback? Yeah. Which is. That, that's terrible, too, because in, in, the, in the NFL, they count uh, sacks against you for yardage. In, yeah. the, in college, they don't, though, I don't believe. So he just ran nope. backwards 21 times. Yeah, it was just, I mean, through, throwing through the air, he wasn't terrible. I mean, he missed eight passes and only threw for 243 yards. And the, again, biggest news, and I'll kind of get off South Alabama because it's kind of just beating a dead horse at this point. Coastal Carolina is legit. Their defense shut out South Alabama in the second half, and their offense just controlled possession of the ball. It was crazy, they, and they and it wasn't just one guy. They kept spreading the ball around. So I think this team is legit. They're very well balanced and they just can get things done. When one person's not going, they can go to another player. They had three, three rushing running backs with over 50 yards um, with a combined between the three of them, a combined 27 carries and over a hundred over 200 yards. So, and their wide receiving core was still legit. Um, Javon Hiley, who is actually could be a top first round pick this year, five receptions for 95 yards, no touchdowns, but 
he's just a freakish athlete and was just able to open the ball for so many people. Um, I think I think it's time to start taking Coastal Carolina legit this year. I'm not talking, you know, playoff type, but I think they're definitely going to be a team that's going to be exciting to watch come bowl season this year. Yeah, and um, with you coming off that saying Coastal Carolina is a shit, we will head to our My Friday boys. game. Our we got- Friday game of the week. Uh, yeah. Number nine, BYU at Boise State. Um, you can go ahead and start. I, I, I mean, I watched it and I turned it off at halftime. It was, I mean, they controlled everything from the get go. Um, Zach Wilson was 22 for 28 for 360 yards and three touchdowns. That's incredible um, efficiency. Wait, 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 wait. Can we just can we just stop to mention Tyler Algira? Algira. Yeah, I got him. 14 yeah. rushes, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. That's just – yeah. I mean, I mean, they got it done. And their wide receiver, Gunnar Romney, had six receptions, 133 yards. That's, yeah. That team is just – I'm saying it. That team should be a playoff team. With this – I know it's against Boise State, but it's the first time they've won there ever on the Blue Smurf turf. They're now 1-5. in five. So, I I say give them a shot. I mean, they should at least be in conversation for even a top sixteen. I mean, we'll get into that, but yeah, I did. I said uh, um, BYU. Um, they had three running backs that were all big, uh, big play threats. Obviously, Tyler Algier, uh, Lopini Katoa had eight carries for sixty six yards and a touchdown. I don't know why I put Chris Jackson. He had two carries for sixteen yards. You guess said, they- wait, wait, Katoa isn't it Zachary Katoa? No, it's Lopini. Okay. That's what I saw on ESPN, so it must be. Um, And I also have BYU outscored Boise 22-0 in the third quarter. Put it away. Um, BYU won't be touched again the rest of this year, and we'll Mm kind of get uh, into that and some other things later in our top 10 to things like that. But now we head to, uh, I would say, it was the best game of the year so far. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and down, best game of the year. I mean, I remember coming into it, I kind of I said on Friday, I was like, I mean, we both took Clemson minus five and a half, but I, I felt like it was one of those games where people wanted to see the upset, but didn't necessarily, I didn't think it was going to happen. No. Um, I mean, Notre Dame was incredible. Um, DJ oh, wow. uh was awesome as well, throwing for 439 yards and two touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. Ian Book was pretty inconsistent, 22 for 39, 310 yards and one touchdown. Uh, the real star for Notre Dame was Kyron Williams. He had 23 carries for 140 yards and three touchdowns. And mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know if you were watching it, but he yeah, on oh the, absolutely I was watching it. Yeah. Second play of the game, his sixty-five. Oh yeah, he went yeah, sixty-five yards out. Yeah, his sixty-five touchdown uh, scamper was like, I mean that I, that was when I because I started watching it, and I was like, okay, this could actually be a game, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, and I'll let you get into it in a sec, but um, I Travis ATN just fell off the face of the earth. Oh, absolutely. That was the my first point is. The run game for for Clemson was non-existent. They only rushed for 34 yards in the entire game. They threw for 439, but again, you can't. You need to have a balanced team with Notre Dame. I mean, they put they put the game on DJ Uagalele's back, and he he almost carried them as a true freshman. That's very impressive, um, especially against the Notre Dame defense that is, I mean, really good this year. But I say the biggest disappointment in this game is Travis Etienne. I mean, 18 carries for only 26 yards. He did have a touchdown, but it was from, like, the two-yard line. Yeah. But like, well, let's just not discredit DJ Uagalele, who had two wide receivers go over 130 yards. Well, Cornell and- Powell had six receptions, 161 yards, and a touchdown. And Amari Rodgers had eight receptions for 134 yards that is crazy to have two wide receivers go for over 100 yards let in any game but let alone against a defense that is really good that yeah. i think is a is a crazy stat i mean Ky- kyron williams is a legit back i had said this going into the game he was second in the acc behind travis Etienne, 
And I said that was going to be one of the matchups to watch and saying that Kyron Williams, if he can get going, it's going to be a different story. And if Notre Dame can hold ATM, which they did, would be able to have a chance to win this game. So, again, you're completely right. This came down to, I mean, just being able to run the ball and control the clock because that's really what kept Notre Dame in it. Notre Dame in it was their defense just being able to kind of hold teams. I mean, they didn't score 10 points until the in the second half until the fourth quarter. So, yeah, around. I had, I mean, one of the things that ETN on Saturday was a better wide receiver than he was a runner. He got eight passes for 57 yards. He's out of the Heisman race. And an interesting point that you kind of just made me think of, uh, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't go pro this year and stays at Clemson for whatever reason, I feel like you could see Ugalele or however you say his name enter the transfer portal. See – Cause that, because because if Trevor Lawrence goes, he'll be a sophomore next year, and that he won't play over Lawrence, and then he'll have only one year in what two games of film on him. So yes. I, I I don't know if he'll join the transfer portal, but I could just see that being an issue. No, um, I I completely agree. Like understand where you're coming from, but. I think we're going to see a similar situation to what happened with Alabama a number of years ago uh, between Tua and Jalen Hurts. Um, and it could potentially go very well. I mean, if you, you did you watch the entire game and listen to how they, because they did a whole profile on DJ and how he just loved Dabo Sweeney's like mentality around it and like him being corrected, like connected to his faith. I know, I know you hate Dabo Sweeney. And you always end with it. So happy you lost. But I just don't think I see DJ leaving this chance. I know he'll he'll understand, and he understands Trevor Lawrence is that good. But we could see. I mean, you never know. We could if if they're just as good next year, we could very well see Trevor Lawrence play the first half and dominate the first half, and then Dabo Sweeney be like, "All right, DJ, you go in and get some game time." I mean, it's possible. So I, I honestly, I don't think it's possible. And it, for the NFL draft, it really uh, has been kind of like, um, like the rankings and conference champions we talked about. It's a, what have you done for me lately? Like yeah. if DJ doesn't play. I mean, first of all, if Trevor Lawrence comes back, Devil Sweeney is not sitting Trevor Lawrence at all, unless he's hurt. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if they're up by like 25, 30 points going in the halftime, I say he'll give DJ a shot. That's 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 what I mean. And I, with the rest of the season, if Trevor Lawrence comes back, of course DJ is going to be on the bench. You can't you can't not do that. But I'm just saying I'm not saying Dabo's going to start him over. I mean, I'm just we, saying he could, if he if Trevor Lawrence decides to stay at Clemson and DJ decides to stay at Clemson, I could very well see them splitting time in certain games. I I just don't see it. Um, but I mean, we'll see. I just, I mean, it's the same thing happened to Justin Fields at Georgia. He was beat out his freshman year. And I mean, he didn't really play at Georgia. I don't know. Kirby Smart had Justin, has the worst quarterbacks in the world right now. And he could have Justin Fields, who probably is my favorite for the Heisman right now. But before we're not going to get caught up on it anymore. Obviously, this was a big game. It was the best game. I mean, those two plays, those two sacks that, um, uh, Notre Dame head on Uga, DJ in the second overtime. I mean, oh, yeah, one, was one dude was like crawling over his back. I mean, yeah. they were, I mean, yeah. So I, I, I think that's legit. That's we, we knew that it was going to be their biggest test of the year. And they, they stepped up in overtime. Yeah. And Clemson was also terrible on third downs. I think there were like three or 14, but um, yeah. So uh, our picks so far, um, I am four for uh, 15 for third down Four fifteen, 15. Yeah. Um, our picks record is on the board. Um, our picks record. I am eight and two. You are seven and three over two weeks. And then um, for our locks, I believe we're both eight and two. Yeah. For yeah. our locks. So I, I was tweeting it today. I was like, y'all need to hop on the bandwagon before it gets going. But, hey um, man, I mean, it's that's pretty impressive, you know. To, to I'm say shocked. That. I am a bad gambler, and I am shocked, dude. I mean, um, just crazy. Uh, uh, so uh, we'll get into our top tens real quick, and 
I just want, I'll say mine, you say yours, and then I, I kind of want to add something on it at the end. Uh, I have uh, one Alabama, two Notre Dame, three Ohio State, four Texas A&M, five Cincinnati. Wow, I completely left Clemson off this list. <laughs> I was going to mention it beforehand, and I just it flew over my head. I'm like, you don't have Clemson in? All right, so my I real – I know it's a big loss, but – So my real would be Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Clemson, Cincinnati, Florida, BYU, and Indiana. Okay. And then um, or, or, Oregon and Miami, Florida are just on the cusp. All right, for me, um, I kind of have the same thing. I have Alabama, Notre Dame. I mean, two teams that Notre Dame really made a statement. Um, Ohio State at my number three. See, I, you're going to hate me for it, but I have I have Florida at number four. I don't um, hate it at all. I don't hate um, that at all. I have Clemson at number five. Uh, BYU, my boys, at number six. And okay, then BYU I have, can't be ranked above Cincinnati, but go on. I just think it's more impressive. I think that team's more complete and more like people will more money will come in if BYU has a chance to make it in than Cincinnati. I just think I just think so. Um, oh, but you mentioned Cincinnati. Cincinnati's right after them. <laughs> um, sorry, did you, get, did you get through all yours? No, I'm not. I was. Oh, I was trying going. to see your reaction. Um, at Cincinnati, and then I have Miami, Florida. Oregon and Indiana, the round out my top 10. Yeah, I'm surprised by Indiana. Well, I want to tell you that BYU and Cincinnati can kiss their playoff dreams goodbye because after Clemson loses to Notre Dame, they are still ranked number four. And I think Cincinnati is six. I have the AP poll. Why don't I just look at it? Um, <laughs> we just did the AP poll earlier. Um. Texas A&M at five, Florida at six. So I don't hate the Florida pick. I just – I'm more looking ahead. They'll have to play Alabama in the SEC yeah. championships. I don't think they're going to be too lost team. But, I mean, it, it sucks. But after seeing the AP poll being released and how the coaches are thinking as well, no group of five team is making the playoff this year. No. And, unless, no. unless literally the apocalypse happens. Um, and it kind of sucks. Like, I like BYU too, and I like Cincinnati. But I mean, they just showed me the, just, vo- the voters just really, showed me that they're they're going to stick with Clemson. No, and I understand that. I think the biggest thing for me is with Texas A and M's kind of like program just being put on hold um, yesterday. That's why for me, you know, they're like a top twenty team, top fifteen team. But I just with a team that has that big of a risk, like Wisconsin does now, like oh, we might actually get to see them play this week. I just think going forward, they're just not – they're going to be a team that's going to have the same record in two weeks because they wouldn't play. Yeah. Um, I, again, that's just that's just my point of view. I know a lot of people don't agree with it. I still think if Texas A&M's a lot – like if this is the only week they don't play a game and they play out the rest of their schedule, then they're back in the top, top ten for me. But right now as it stands, they're talking about like them not playing games for the next couple weeks, which is crazy. So – yeah, so I mean, like I said, I had sneaky uh, Texas A&M maybe sneaking in because they're in the West with Alabama, so they could see Alabama beat Florida, so Florida will have two losses, and then Texas A&M would only have one loss still because they're in the West. I mean, it was a blowout versus Alabama, but yeah, it just it kind of stinks to realize that unless the apocalypse happens. We're not seeing any new teams, and I, but I do think the BYU and Cincinnati um, oh have, I mean, the, have a, one of the strongest cases to make it. Yeah, and and I mean I think they'll come out, and no matter what bowl they're in, probably one of the New Year's Six. I would imagine both of them are in New Year's Six. I would uh, I would why well, I, I think they would come out and win that game, that bowl game. But mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and like I said, Luke Fickle's the man. He I would be he apparently signed an extension through twenty twenty six. He's going to be at USC, or maybe he'll take over for Alabama and Nick Saban. Maybe he's done. Or, or you know, another job is probably going to open up. I just thought about Auburn. Auburn. Ooh, yeah, that was. Except, except I don't know how they would uh, accept a Northerner, considering, you know. But um, so we'll go on to our Heismanology. Um, and everybody watching, uh, feel free to comment and leave comments. And don't forget to vote for the game of the week. I, like I said, we added. Ohio State at Maryland. I don't know why, but we did. Um, 
But for the Heisman, you, know, wait, whoa, whoa. you said why? Why would we add Ohio State versus Maryland? Yeah, Maryland's terrible. Folks, you heard it here first. Justin calling. Mar- Did you not watch last week's game for Maryland? Who'd they play? No. Well, I mean, it wasn't a great game. I mean, they played Penn State. Did they win? Yeah, like pretty handedly. And okay. Tua's like younger brother really showed that he's legit this year. I'll tell you what, now that I've thought of it, Penn State might open up for Luke Fickle. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> Maryland, I, I, Maryland's not, I mean, Maryland Rutgers are in the Big Ten in basketball, not in football. Yeah. I mean, they are, but I don't consider them teams. So, hopping into Heismanology, um, uh, I have. I think Justin Fields is kind of overtaken the front runner. I mean, it's yeah. just so fluid how he looks, and he honestly, like, I watch him at quarterback, and like you see some quarterbacks that are really good, but they have like jerky motions. He just gets the snap and just like throws it up to one of his seventy-five receivers. But yeah, I think Justin Fields will take it over, and unless he gets hurt or they, um, or he has a terrible game in Indiana, Maryland, or Michigan. I think he'll win it out. Uh, I do have Trevor Lawrence at second, um, and then Mac Jones at third, Zach Wilson at four, and Najee Harris at five. I think mm-hmm. I think they'll invite four this year, and I think they will let uh, – I think it'll be Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. I hate to say it, but I'm going to put my bias aside. I literally have the top – the same five as you. I mean, I want to put Zach Wilson over Mac Jones, but – I mean the Mac yeah, Jones. I agree. Stats, yeah. The Mac Jones stats this year are just. I hate to say it, but they're they're pretty good. He's like the most accurate quarterback in college football. Even though Alabama looks like they're not going to play again this week, so you have that. But again, I think Zach Wilson has done a great job. This kid has really grown. I mean, you look at his stats from last year and into this year. It's night and day. This kid's grown a lot and really developed as a quarterback, which I think, um, you know, props to the the QB whisperer down in BYU. So, um, um, but if I we know, sorry, right, go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna no. You go. You go ahead. Um, I know he's a junior, and I don't want to offend anyone when I'm saying this. It goes to BYU, which is a Mormon school. I believe they are like. Once they graduate college or leave college, they have to go on like a two-year trip of like traveling the whole. I'm saying it wrong, but I believe they do, like a like a Mormon trip. And like, if he would, I don't think he could go pro right after this year. I don't think he should either. But um, no, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he should. But no, I mean, someone would pick him up in second or third round. I mean, shoot, he's better than. Um, Jalen Hurts was last year. So. To be honest, I think. I, to be honest, I think he's potentially better than Trey Lance. I mean, he's shown he can throw. The, I mean, we've only seen one game from Trey Lance, and it's really know, hard right. to compare the two. But you know, I'll take say that's Trey Lance's best game. You know, that's the stats he has the best game. I mean, I'll take I'll take Zach Wilson's stats in one game versus that one. Um, no, again, I agree. You know, it's just like. It's hard to compare the two, but I, I don't know if you're right or not um, with the whole two-year trip thing. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see when when draft time starts and the season ends if he decides to go, if he decides not to go. Um, to be honest, if it, it, the way he's looking right now, I would say go. I mean, you think about it with, I know you'll be a top three quarterback taken in the draft in my eyes. If, if I, I would agree, in my eyes. I, I mean, you think about it. The first two quarterbacks on the board are going to be Trevor Lawrence and then Justin Fields. And number three is up in the air right now. It could be Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. It depends on. He, he Zach Wilson kind of reminds me of Baker Bayfield. Shorter guy, but can just as a gunslinger. Um, he says, doesn't have the attitude, though. Because he can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I was to say that, but. All right, so uh, I assume you have your helmet stickers ready. Yes, I do. I'm going to go one, then you go one, and we'll go on like that. Uh, My first helmet sticker um, goes to Alex Barbier, uh, the kicker for Liberty. Um, He came on with eight seconds left in the game to kick a game-winning 59-yard field goal. Um, It was blocked and returned for a Virginia Tech touchdown, so they should have won. But 
they iced the kicker and then so they had eight seconds left and they took five seconds threw an out down the field and he ended up kicking a 51 yarder for the win um i'll just say that now my room for improvement is also icing the kicker i it's kind of like uh the basketball question the football question the basketball question do you follow up three or what but yeah, yeah no i mean that's big that kid i mean because i mean kickers are kickers are like hotheads they who knows what they do yeah. but Hey, remember um, UCF's kicker a couple weeks ago? Missed the missed the field goal to send him in the overtime and just couldn't be calmed down after the game. Had like a temper tantrum on the sideline. I did not see that. That video went viral. Like his teammates are like, "Dude, it's okay. Like we'll we'll get through this." He's like, "Get the off me!" And just throwing throwing crap everywhere. And it was just really. I, I like really that from my kicker. He thinks he's tough. No, no, I, I I like I do too. But it was just funny to watch. It looked like a four year old throwing a temper tantrum because. Mommy said he couldn't have McDonald's for dinner. Um, my my uh, one of my my first helmet sticker goes to Ladaren Brown from Oklahoma State. He went for 15 carries and 110 yards, and his vision while carrying the ball was really good. We hadn't we haven't talked about him enough. Um, we haven't talked about him enough due to Chuba Hubbard usually getting it the the hype around Oklahoma State, but he more than tripled. Chubba Hubbard's yards in that game and really carried that run game for them. So I think it's going to be going forward for Oklahoma, a really good two headed monster. Cause people are going to be like, well, now we got to worry about LaDarren Brown because Chuba Hubbard isn't going. So, yeah. Um, well, you're talking about a big 12 running back, but you're talking about the wrong big 12 running back. Brees Hall, the running back for a house or Iowa state. And, uh, uh, Matt Campbell carried the ball 31 times for 133 yards and um, two touchdowns. Um, he's, I think he's the most underrated player in the country. He's played really well all year. So I, I, I give it to Brees Hall. And then I'll just give you my uh, last one real quick. Uh, Justin Fields. Okay. just looks so easy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, my last two is Kyron Williams. I mean, had a phenomenal game. 23 rushes, 140 yards for three touchdowns. Um and it just dom- dominated that Tiger defense. Um, my last one is Tualia Tongavaloa from Maryland, the quarterback, 18-26, 282 yards and three touchdowns. Really showed that he can, you know, he's still young, has room to improve, but he, he could be something special. Yeah, I mean, runs in the family, hopefully. I did have two room for improvements. I saw, I said one about ice in the kicker, and I don't really want to get into it right now um but notre dame security with where the virus is and COVID is right now you cannot be allowing students to stay on the field but they weren't doing con- anything there was a there was a video of the security i was just standing there just like yeah oh, i mean in, th- in this day and age with everything going on you can't allow that i mean i know notre dame like mandated um testing after that but i mean i just don't understand how that can happen but um and then I'll start with my playoff fixture, and then you'll do yours. Um, I got one Alabama, two Notre Dame, three Ohio State, four Texas A&M, and the first two out are Cincinnati and Clemson. Um, we kind of touched upon this earlier. Mine are Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and right now as it sits, Florida. Um, I just think Clemson should have won that game and kind of sets them back to a five-team. And Texas A&M I don't have in it because we don't know what their program is going to be like for the future. I just saw your um, thing, but uh, we're going to do two trivia questions today and we're going to try and get done in under an hour, which would be a record for us. Um, Justin's got to go to sleep. He's like an old man. Um, Why don't you do your two questions and I'll do my two questions. Oh yeah. I wrote them on here. Hold on. Um, Yeah. I'll do my two questions first and you can do yours. Um, uh, where are they? Okay, in what year did college football juniors become eligible to be drafted in the NFL? Say that again. You you like sped through it. What year did they become like they in, start? In what year did college football juniors become eligible to be drafted into the NFL? Oh, this was like recently too. Oh, um. I'll say 2001. A little bit off. Um, 
just type, you in can, type one in if you can type one in too if you want yeah. um uh i'll go to my second one um i don't know when were you born 99 yeah all right see you might not remember this so it's kind of unfair but whatever um in 2007 it was also known as the year of the upset what was the biggest upset that happened on opening weekend in 2007 2007 opening weekend i don't know i re- i really don't i was i was maybe seven at the time didn't watch college football god um okay well <laughs> i remember i'm from boston we don't have like really a good college football team okay yeah i'll type them both to you um but yeah you can go ahead all right my my oh i put my second guess in there for your first one um who was the first sophomore to win the doke award doke walker award doke walker goes to the running back yeah um first sophomore but- no. Yeah, Adrian Peterson. Nope. Um, my second question is, what player won a national championship and a Heisman for Florida State? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> was it in the 90s? Um, I think so. Yeah, it was It was around there. It's not Andre Ward. He went to Houston. Um... <sighs> You're gonna kick yourself once you once you see the answer, unless you get it. Um. Did you just type it in? Yeah, I got it. No, okay. no, that was the first one, but the second one I haven't typed in yet. What was the first? Oh, okay. Um, it's um, I don't know. It's one of the quarterbacks. I, I don't know. You're gonna. Oh, kick is the work done? I already typed it. <laughs> Oh, I, I said Andre Ward. Yeah. I said Andre Ward. Yeah, you oh were close. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was one of the ones. Um, but yeah, you, so, you don't remember that in 2007? No. Dude, that 2007, I because we had a little bit of time to just talk, but, I mean, 2007 was the craziest college football year of ever. There was, like uh, – the number one and the number two teams lost like a record number of times. Rutgers, at, Rutgers at one point was ranked number one. Um, but yeah, Appalachian State over um, Michigan, the block kick. You don't remember that either. The only block kick I remember is the Penn, the Penn, or was it was it Penn State versus Michigan State or Michigan versus Michigan State? Oh, the, the block one where block. where the guy is like. Um, and then Jeremy Lane breaks his leg in the end zone, ends his career. But I didn't think he broke his leg. He broke like his pelvis or something. Okay, maybe it wasn't his leg, but his career was done. Yeah, after I know. That, after that. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, if if that's me, I'm out there. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'll <laughs> he, was, well, he was literally like, if you watch the video back, he's literally just grab like he's grabbing like his his quad area, and everyone's just jumping on top of him. Yeah, I feel like it was his hip bone or his pelvis, like an old person's thing, but he can never play again. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for our show. Uh, we're coming in. Hey, at, under an hour. Everyone give a round of applause. Um, I don't know yet what time we will be going on on Friday, and we are sorry in advance. The uh, I mean, the games this week, the slate is terrible. So you can choose between – um, um, uh, Oregon Wisconsin, at Washington, Michigan. Oregon at uh, Washington State, Wisconsin at Michigan, um, SMU at Tulsa, or Ohio State at Maryland. Just either comment on here or tweet at me or Jake. Um, uh, I had something else. Oh yeah, Maction is back in action tonight. Yeah, um, we have the Miami Ohio game going on right now. Yeah. Um. Uh, what did I say? I, I made three picks for the Maction um, just because I'm sick. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know where it is, but uh, I believe I had Bowling Green hosts Kent State. Uh, Kent State's favored by 20 and a half. Kent State wins but covers, but Bowling Green covers. Um, <laughs> Akron plays at Ohio, and Ohio's favored by 30. Um, I'm, I'm just staying away from that one. And then, uh, probably the biggest game of the year, uh, Miami who won the conference last year travels to Buffalo, um, this, this weekend or tonight. And, uh, they're the favorite this year, but, uh, I like Buffalo minus eight this week. So, um, 
yeah, like I said, we'll get into everything on Friday. I'll let you know what time. Check our social medias. Uh, but that's it. Jake, you got anything else? Um, no, just everyone stay safe out there. Um, you know, the virus is starting to ramp up in some areas. So just be safe, mindful of those around you. And just make smart decisions, everyone. Three, two, one.